This is episode 104 with Jason Miller of Patrice and Associates. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. What's up, everyone? And thanks for dropping into another episode here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Jason Miller. Jason's the vice president of franchise development for Patrice and Associates, which is the nation's largest hospitality recruiting firm over 25 years of experience and one of the more unique franchise opportunities out there that I work with. And that's really kind of the focus of Jason and I's conversation on this episode. Uh, He talks a lot about how Patrice and Associates is different from many other franchise business opportunities, talks about the reason for it being such a low cost franchise, comparatively speaking talks about the fact that it's a very low overhead lifestyle friendly business, uh, yet it's scalable. So there's a lot to like in a business model like Patrice and Associates. I've actually placed people that I've worked with in Patrice and Associates. um, Great track record. uh, Have really kind of found a niche in the, the hospitality sector within recruiting. And Jason talks about you know, why that is and why it's beneficial. But I really appreciate the opportunity to have Jason come on and talk more about Patrice and Associates because it's usually the last type of business that anyone's imagining when they first start thinking about franchise ownership or considering franchise ownership. And it's such a good example of how there really are so many different franchise business models out there. And so if you're someone that's really considering business ownership and you know has maybe thought about franchising but never really looked into it that closely because you didn't imagine yourself owning any sort of a food business or didn't think you'd have enough capital to get the business started something like patrice and associates is a great example of the fact that there are many opportunities out there and nearly anyone that's serious about getting into business for themselves can find a franchise business that's right for them. So with that, let's go ahead and drop in with Jason Miller of Patrice and Associates. Hey, what's up, Path to Freedom listeners, and thanks for dropping into another episode. Today, I'm joined by Jason Miller. Jason's someone that I would call a friend. I was just joking with him earlier. We shared a flight back from a conference and I was not in uh, in, in quite tip top shape. So I was like, <laughs> sorry, you had to sit by me for the two hours or whatever it was as I was trying to to recover. But um, no, Jason's a really good guy. I've gotten the chance to know Jason over the years and uh, very excited to have you on the podcast. So Jason, thanks a lot for being here. 
Yeah, thanks, Wes. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Glad I could uh, try to keep you awake over <laughs> that uh, hour and a half flight there. But yeah, consider you a friend as well. And uh, appreciate everybody taking some time to listen to this podcast and uh, giving you some good information on Patrice and Associates. So thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's a really cool concept. So I'm I'm excited to to be able to talk about it. But yeah, I think having having you next to me on that flight definitely helped me take my mind off of how bad I was feeling. So um I, I owe you one. But um yeah, I mean, so Patrice and Associates, like this is I, I love having a brand like yours come on the podcast because this is probably like the furthest thing from what most people think of when they initially think of a franchise, right? And yeah. And so like there's there's several misconceptions that I run into all the time, you know, when I'm talking with people that, you know, maybe want to explore franchising, but really haven't spent any time researching it yet. And and one of those misconceptions is, well, isn't franchising just like food? Is it isn't it just like food businesses? And I don't really think I want to own a food business. And I'm like, I don't either. Um, but there's way more than than food to franchising. So so Patrice and Associates checks that box. But a lot of people also, you know, when they first start thinking about franchising, they think it's cost prohibitive. Like I, I'm not financially qualified to go out and, and invest in a franchise business. And for a lot of people, that's probably the case with many of the franchises out there. But what I explain to people is that there are franchise opportunities out there that can get up and running for far less capital than what most people imagine. And, and I think Patrice and associates for the most part checks that box as well. So it's, it's a unique model. And like I said, I just, I'm excited for people to get a chance to learn more about it. So with that, tell us what the heck Patrice and associates is in the first place. Yeah. So thanks. So sometimes when people think about their think, think we're a bunch of CPAs or a, a law firm or something like that. And you know, yeah, not too many people have heard of us uh, outside of the industry niche that we focus on, but uh, once you get into that and learn about us, there's a pretty exciting franchise opportunity behind it. But uh, the Reader's Digest version is that we're a recruiting and executive search firm that kind of specializes in the niche of restaurant, hospitality, food and beverage, entertainment, retail. So, you know, we're not a jack of all trades recruiting firm, recruiting in every different industry, although our franchisees can do that because our franchisees come from a lot of different industries and we encourage them and empower them to recruit in anything. And we'll talk about that a little bit later today when we talk more about executive search. But uh, our primary core has always been finding salary level talent from a manager in a restaurant or a hotel all the way up to an actual executive at the headquarters. And we're finding you know, managers, general managers, front of the house, back of the house, could be operations, marketing, sales, finance professionals. And what we do is we go out there and recruit the best talent in the industry, uh, kind of help and coach those individuals through an interview process. And then once they get hired, we uh, end up getting a percentage of their salary, which is paid by the hiring entity, right? The service that we provide to the candidate is free. So really what we do here every day is we serve two coins. We help clients that desperately need help uh, in an industry that is uh, rapidly coming back to uh, normalcy, we'll say. And we help yeah. a lot of candidates that in the past probably haven't had very good experiences with recruiters. And, you know, we can provide them with a sounding board, a coach, a mentor that can really guide them through the whole process and, you know, take them from interview one, interview two, interview three, up until the point where they get that offer letter and ultimately get hired. So our franchisees are connectors. We help people every day. 
Uh, we help salary level talent to find their next career. And we help local, medium and, and national businesses to find top talent in these industries. Yeah, well, well put. That was a really good overview. And again, you know, probably not what most people think of when they think of a franchise business, but there's obviously a need, right? And and this is a kind of a neat business for your franchise partners because they're not really selling anything, right? They're they're providing a win-win service for for the companies that they're helping to recruit for and and for the people that they're helping to to land a good job. And I think the the coaching part of it, you know, on the the candidate side is is huge and you know like Back in my corporate career days, I worked with some headhunters and stuff, and I don't really ever remember getting much in the way of coaching. I just kind of felt like they were, you know, throwing me into an interview process and and hoping that, you know, something would come out of it. Um, so I would imagine that's a pretty big differentiator for you guys. Yeah, you know, on your first point, um, there, there really isn't a lot of sales. So, you know, I call it proactive activity, right? You know, it has to be somebody that's, you know, comfortable building relationships and there's a phone aspect to it. But when it comes down to it, we're calling people and saying, hey, I've got this really cool opportunity and maybe you want to learn a little bit more about it. And unless they're overjoyed with their job, you know, eight, nine times out of 10, they're willing to have an exploratory discussion and you know, the pitch to the client's pretty easy. We can save you a lot of time. We can save you a lot of money. We can bring in a whole new pool of prospects that maybe wouldn't have considered your opportunity if not for our proactive efforts. And hey, you don't have to pay us until we find talent. But, you know, in terms of the proposition and, uh, you know, kind of the simplicity of the, the pitch is just that, you know, we're here to help. And, you know, one of my favorite parts of the business on the candidate side is every other Friday, we send out all the testimonials you and I were talking about you know, Sally, one of the people that mm -hmm. uh, are the franchisees you helped us find in North Carolina and just really good testimonials because we are sticking with them. We're not just talking to them in and sending them off and never speaking with them again. We're really making sure that they understand exactly what they're getting into from an interview standpoint, not just the job description, but, you know, what are the intangibles this company looks for? What's their culture? What's their core values? How to, how is what you want in, a, in your next employment or career opportunity match with that? And, and just make sure they're, they're really prepared for the process. So it's part of our culture. Our cultural is respect, excellent service, and teamwork. And that goes into the service we provide to the candidates. And then for the clients, it's the same thing. We're not just figuring out, okay, who do you want in the resume? It's let us come to your place of business and let us see how you operate. You know, what are some of those things that you really want to see? You know, because there's one business that might want somebody with a super bubbly personality and there's another business that might want them to be really buttoned up in the numbers. And these are two different things, maybe two different cultures. And, you know, we really want to dig in and, and make sure we can provide the best possible experience for everybody. But when it comes down to it, you know, outside of making money and having flexibility, people want a, a business that they can feel good about, that they can yeah. build, build about. And when they put their head down at the end of the day, you know, feel like they made a difference and, and you really have an opportunity to do that here. Yeah, it's got that in spades, you know, that kind of feel good where you're helping businesses, you're helping, you know, people find a great opportunity to, to you know, create income for themselves, provide for their families, et cetera. Um, but I love what you said about how you guys really, you know, dig in with the companies that you work with to understand their culture. Like, because you and I have had this conversation before, what your franchise owners do is very similar to what I do as a franchise consultant, right? It's all about, 
you know, making matches that make sense for everyone involved. And there's two ways you can go about that, right? You can take the shotgun approach, which is like, hey, let's throw a bunch of shit at the wall and, and hope something sticks. Or you can spend the time, you can really dig in, you can get to know, you know, in your case, the companies that you're helping to recruit for. In my case, the brands that I'm helping find good franchise owners for. Because it, it's going to be very different from a cultural standpoint, you know, even from a background qualification standpoint, like what one company is looking for in a general manager is going to be different than another company with a general manager. Yeah. If you don't know that, you're just kind of hoping and praying, right? That, We're that, wasting everybody's time. Exactly, yeah. right? And so taking the time to really understand that, I can imagine the companies that work with Patrice and Associates really appreciate that. It helps you guys find better fits for them, which means they're going to keep coming back to you every time they have another position to fill, right? They're not probably going to even entertain the idea of going out to another executive search firm uh, to, to try to help once they've had such a good experience. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that because I think that's a really, really important thing for people to understand. And again, from my experience working with recruiters, it's a lot more of the shotgun approach out there generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the, the niche that you kind of mentioned, right? So why hospitality and restaurant and, and kind of food and beverage sector? Yeah. Um, the, the, the history is that we kind of just happened upon the restaurant space. Uh, Patrice, our founder, who's still very active in the business, everybody will get a chance to know her if they decide to go through the discovery process, you know, she had always thought about recruiting. She had always been an entrepreneur. She had a lot of different successful ventures, but uh, she decided to start a recruiting firm and didn't really have an idea to focus on restaurants, mm -hmm. but she just kind of happened upon a local Bob Evans restaurant that uh -huh. needed a manager in Maryland. And she was like, Hmm, you know, I didn't really know restaurants use recruiters. And I know there's not any company that's really focusing on restaurants. So you know, let's see what we can do here. And as a, a true entrepreneur would do, she went out there and made it happen and started to develop a lot of relationships in the mid-Atlantic and the Maryland, the Virginia to the DC area, you know, focusing a lot with uh, uh, quick service, full service restaurants, a lot of the chains that you can think of. And it started to ripple. And, and the cool thing about this franchise opportunity, there's a lot of franchises that have had a pilot location for a year or two, and then they start franchising. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot a of lot. people. Yeah, a lot. Right. So yeah. and how cool would it be to find an established brands in a very specified niche? Right. And we were doing this for 20 years from 1989 to 2010 before we started franchising. And wow. Patrice already had relationships with in some way, shape or form, any sort of national brand that you can think of. So it provides an opportunity to work from with an established brand in a specialized niche uh, we'll talk about how we provide built-in clients, but we kind of happened upon the industry. But, you know, when you think about restaurants, you think about there's a lot of turnover. You think that, uh, you know, it's hard to maybe find people to stick, but, you know, ultimately that's what we do. You know, we go out there and find individuals that haven't bounced around, that have a really good track record. And, you know, we just, we went out there and we did it. We are proactive. We pick up the phone and make recruiting calls, which is not that difficult to do. We'll get into some of the ins and outs of how we do that when we talk about a day in the life. But 
It started with restaurants. Um, over the past uh, 10 years, we've kind of evolved in the types of clients we work with. We work a lot more with hotels now, casinos, grocery stores. Um, we work with some pretty big uh, convenience store chains, uh, big food and beverage companies like Aramark and Compass Group. We work with entertainment concepts like Legoland, Great Wolf Lodge, Dollywood, Madame Tussauds Wax Museums. Wow. Uh, we just signed a major cosmetics retailer about a month ago. Um, so we're starting to get into some big box retail, retail. even some franchise yeah. retail. Um, but again, when we added executive search to the model four years ago, uh, or we're talking true executive director, VP, C-level, any discipline, $100,000 salary and above, and this opened up a lot of doors. And one of the things that happened during the pandemic, and I don't know if you want to talk about that uh, today or not, but, sure. you know, we, some of our full service clients obviously stopped hiring, Yeah. but our franchisees, only about 35% of our franchisees have a hospitality background. So mm. we're like, everything that we're doing and teaching applies to any industry. So yep. we've made placements in the oil and gas industry, healthcare industry, technology industry, insurance industry, banking industry, commercial real estate industry, education industry. So it it works in any industry, but our niche and our reputation has always been built around the restaurant, hospitality, food and beverage space. And listen, it's always one of the largest contributors to the GDP. Um, consumers want to consume. We want to go out to eat. We want to travel. We want to congregate. It's come roaring back. Uh, if you look at any of the yeah. Bureau of statistics numbers, hospitality is leading the way in terms of job growth, but we're still 1.2 million jobs short of pre-COVID levels. So there's still so much demand and it's a really interesting time to be looking at the business because clients desperately need our help. And there's plenty of candidates that are looking for new opportunities. We just have to you know, go out there and find them. Yeah, there's a lot there that that I'd like to unpack and touch on. And just for those listening, maybe later after this episode's come out. So we're recording this early September 2022, because I do think it's a very interesting time to be, you know, looking at a business like Patrice and Associates from from a business ownership standpoint. I mean, and, and you know, I asked you kind of why restaurants, hospitality, food and beverage. I mean, I can't think of an industry that probably needs help from good good recruiters more than that industry. And I know you guys don't necessarily focus on like the entry level positions, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. But I mean, look, you can't drive past a restaurant these days without seeing the now hiring banner out front or the QR code to scan for for job opportunities like they're all yeah. desperate for help. And if they need it at the entry level positions, that means they probably need it up the chain as well with good management and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I also think that, you know, as, as you hear a lot about inflation and interest rates going up and the economy tightening and stuff like that, that's less likely to impact food and beverage uh, and restaurant companies than it is a lot of other companies, because people are still going to want to go out to eat. They're still going to need these services, yeah. want these services. And so, you know, these are the companies that may not be, looking to downsize the way a lot of other companies have already started and, and, you know, likely will. So that's interesting. And then I, I like the fact that, you know, there is flexibility for your franchise owners, right? Cause as you pointed out, you know, not the, the majority of your franchise owners don't come from a background in hospitality or, or restaurants. Uh, so a, a franchise owner can leverage 
their experience and their network, right? So if you got someone that came out of tech, maybe they've got some good relationships in the tech sector and they can do some placements there. I mean, I think, you know, Sally, the lady that I introduced to you guys, I don't remember if this one ended up happening or not, but she was telling me, you know, she helped with like an assistant athletic director for, I think it was like LSU, right? Like an SEC school. Yeah. You know, so the, yeah. the options are almost endless. And so I, I, I would imagine your franchise owners like having that flexibility, especially if it's where they can kind of leverage their their previous career experience and connections that they may already have. Um, and then last thing I wanted to point out, because you kind of alluded to this, but this would, I think, be worth having you speak to a little bit more. Some of these national relationships, right, that that Patrice and Associates has cultivated over the years that's a huge advantage to a new franchisee starting this business up, right? To be able to walk into some of those relationships and be able to leverage the reputation that Patrice and Associates has developed over the years. Yeah, yeah. It's um, probably the biggest piece from a, a investment versus return standpoint that people like uh, other than, you know, just the general low overhead, which we'll talk about. But, you know, if they log into our database today, we have you know, roughly 1,200 open jobs. So these are signed contracts, positions that need to be filled today. Wow. Uh, we also have about 630,000 candidates, but, you know, we have relationships set up with companies like Cheesecake Factory, Panera Bread, Golden Corral, Ruby Tuesdays, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop, big brands. Now, sometimes they're not all national. Some people think, well, you must have everything already. And we're, we're scratching the surface. We have more jobs than we can fill. Sometimes it's the restaurant group that owns all the, Panera's in the area that owns all the Burger Kings in the area, but we don't work with the group that owns all of those in the Southeast or Southwest, whatever. But the point is we have national relationships with brands that need help today. And our franchisees actually start recruiting during training. So yeah. there is a very fast path to cash flow. You're selecting two or three jobs and you're starting to source candidates before you officially start. And uh, I think that's a really cool piece where if you want an opportunity where to have a fast path to cash flow, the jobs are there, the candidates are there. You know, the only thing you have to do is just start making it happen. Yeah, just got to You got to get to work, right? So, I mean, imagine how long it would take to develop those types of relationships. You know, if you were just trying to go at it by yourself, so that's that's a huge draw to to a business like this. Talk about you know, infrastructure, because that's another appealing thing about this business model. You just alluded to it. So, I mean, like, what does a franchise owner need in order to be able to start the business? Like office space, employees, like what, what does that look like? Yeah, it's, it's so simple. Uh, you know, really the database, the CRM is the heartbeat of the business and, and everybody will get a window into that as they go through our discovery process, but it has, as I mentioned, 600,000 candidates, it has the jobs, it's the applicant tracking system, it's where you're going to log all your calls, log all your emails, have all your documents. So you really just need your phone, your internet. Um, the working capital in this model is basically a $250 a month tech fee for access to the CRM, covers some cybersecurity things. But this is a home-based business. Out of our 180 franchisees, I think 10 have an office, maybe 10, it might be five. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's home-based. Most everybody starts this business on their own unless they have somebody in mind. We do have a lot of spouse teams, brother, sister teams, aunt, nephew teams. We've got lots of teams. Yeah, I could see but, that. Um, yeah, most people start on their own, at least for the first 12 months. But 
There's a lot of systems in place to help you to attract recruiters. If you want to build a team of recruiters, we have a huge on-demand library of training curriculum so that you can train your recruiters, get them on board effectively. And, and you also have an opportunity to go out there and sign your own clients. And when you sign your own clients, everything goes into the system. We make you the account manager. You're able to share jobs with other franchisees in the system. And every time another Patrice franchisee makes a placement with your account, you get a 20% cut of the revenue. Wow. So it's really the system. And then we handle all the back office too. So we invoice the restaurant, we collect the payment, we pay our franchisees every week. So there's other than your phone and your internet, there's nothing else you need other than, you know, if you want to have a package with a job board, you know, we do have national relationships with ZipRecruiter, LinkedIn, Indeed, and CareerBuilder, much better pricing that you would get in the open market. And, you know, some of our franchisees spend an extra couple hundred bucks a month utilizing some of those relationships uh, in addition to the website that we build for them. And we'll talk a little bit about the ongoing support in a minute, but everything is there in that CRM including the clients and a starting point of candidates over time, you're going to get your own candidates. You're going to get your own clients. And, you know, we can talk about that a little bit today if you want to. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that, that's one thing I love about this business, right? Is it's, it's got the potential to ramp up so fast, right? It's, it's definitely on the low end of the initial investment spectrum when you're comparing to other franchise opportunities out there. So Home-based business, you need a computer, phone, obviously internet. You get some good training and then you're off to the races, right? And, you know, we don't have to get into too many specific numbers, you know, share whatever you're comfortable sharing. But, you know, this is the type of business where, you know, you make one, two, three placements in your first month. Like that's significant money coming in, right? These are, because like you said earlier, it's a percentage of the salary, Right. So, I mean, what does that look like on average? I know it varies pretty widely, yeah. but what does that look like on average just to give people some perspective? Yeah. So um, in terms of what we charge the client, it's a sliding scale and it's the rule of thumb is typically the higher the salary, the higher the fee percentage okay. that we'll charge. Got it. Um, so entry level positions are probably 12% of salary. We rarely have anything at 10% now, although there are some 10% jobs. Um, so usually 12 to 15% for an assistant manager, manager position. General managers are more than likely going to be 15%, 18%. And then any of the executive search positions, $100,000 salary and above will be at least 20%. Um, you know, we place a lot of 50, 60, 70, $80,000 salary positions. So the average placement fee that's in our franchise disclosure document is $7,300 per placement. Um, but what I tell every candidate when they're going through discovery and what they're going to hear during validation is there's the system works if you work the system. And there's two things you can control in this business. One is your activity and two is what jobs you're working. And there are a ton of franchisees right out of the gate that start to focus on executive search right away. And the average executive search fee is probably 3x that average placement fee that I mentioned. So you can kind of control what your average placement fee is going to be. And the working capital is 250 a month. We do have a royalty, which is only collected if you make a placement. Sure. Um, it's a 76-24 split. You get the 76% which is way higher than any other recruiting um, that you typically hear of. 
And, well, and uh, you can look at that as your gross margin, right? That 76% right. essentially. Right. And, you know, I would argue that because I, I literally just had this conversation with a candidate before we got on here. He's looking at multiple FDDs and he's talking about, well, this brand's got a higher royalty than this brand. And I was like, hold up, don't compare apples to oranges. Like you got to look at each individual business. What's the fee structure and what are you getting in exchange for that? So, yeah. you know, to, to, punch this in the face 24% sounds high compared yeah. to most other franchises out there right but when you you've already hit on you know kind of the the value add right all all the things a franchisee is getting the relationships the CRM the opportunity all of that if you if you kind of have a 76% gross margin like you're going to be very hard pressed to find any other franchise business even if they have a 5% royalty where you're going to have like a 76% gross margin on average because you've got cost of goods, you've probably got payroll, you've got marketing expenses, you know, you've got 250 a month here and maybe a few hundred dollars more if you really want to, you know, get aggressive and and leverage some of these other tools. So, I just wanted to make sure there's some perspective with that, like that's that's solid, right? And then you can take that average job amount and do some back back of the napkin math like and, and it, you know, any business takes time to build. Right. But like you right. said, you start your franchisees start recruiting in training. Right. So you can come out of the gate fast. I mean, even even at one placement a month, that's a decent amount of profit in the first month of your business that that a franchisee should be able to to recognize. And then it can build from there. The other thing I like that you said is that, you know, as a franchise owner, you can kind of you know, control what your average deal fee is by where you're focusing. And I think that's the other thing that a lot of people probably find very attractive about a business like Patrice and Associates is that it can very much be a lifestyle business, right? It's the type of business where you're going to get out of it what you put into it, right? Like you've already said, if you work the system, the system works. But you know, if someone really dials in the executive search for them and they're doing two placements a month, that's pretty darn good money. And they're probably, once they've really got some good relationships, not grinding that hard to do that, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's like this yeah. great lifestyle, but also good income. And then you can always ratchet it up more just by putting more energy into it, more time, more activity. Yeah, absolutely. Two two things. I, I'm glad you brought up the lifestyle, but yeah, they can, they focus on executive search. Again, they can build a team of recruiters. Their recruiters can work anywhere in the country. Um, I, I don't want to uh, skip over the, the signing their own clients uh, that quickly. They, you really have an opportunity. You can sign local clients. And then we also encourage you and allow you to get clients outside of your territory, as long as it's through things like referrals and reference checks. So we have franchisees that get big groups that give them five, 10, 20 jobs. And wow. you let power of Patrice and Associates, and then it leads to passive income because the franchisees help each other out. We have a great culture. They work each other's jobs. So you can have three kind of revenue streams, placements that you're making, placements your recruiters are making if you want employees. But some people don't want recruiters and they just get yeah. jobs and open up their jobs to other franchisees and, and you have the passive income. But on the lifestyle, so this business is so fun from a lifestyle standpoint. You know, we have people that have young families that want to make sure they can drop their kids off at school in the morning, pick them up in the afternoon, go to their sporting events. Uh, we have uh, uh, people that are taking care of aging family members. We have 
uh, franchisee in Manhattan who spends half the year in Manhattan and a lot of time in Mexico. We yeah. have a husband and wife couple in Florida. Their son's an elite level golfer. They just travel across the country and work the business from their hotel rooms. We've got a couple that has an RV in yeah. Texas and they love travel it. an RV. So very lifestyle driven business and you can move. There's not a lot of businesses. I talked to two candidates today that are starting in one state and within 12 to 24 months, they're going to be in another state and we just transfer your territory. You get to keep all the accounts that you've developed, no fees. So it can be a transient business too, if you're, if you're moving somewhere soon. That's a really good point. And, you know, we don't have to get too into the weeds with that, but there's more flexibility on the territory side with, with your model than there is in the vast majority of franchises. Um, so that example you just gave of someone starting in one market, moving to another market, it's not going to be an option in, in most franchises. So that's unique. And again, just kind of allows for more of that flexibility and, and quality of life, right? Like I was smiling as you're giving all these different examples of franchisees that are, you know, living awesome lives and being able to run their business without having to sacrifice, you know, how they want to be spending their time. And I mean, that's freedom. That's, that's what yeah. people are looking yeah. for. Right. So, and the other thing I like is that, cause I, I didn't fully understand this when I first started working with you guys, I kind of looked at it as a, for lack of a better way of putting it, a buy yourself a job type of franchise. Yeah. Right. But you've got franchisees that have scaled this thing, right. Where they've got recruiters working under them. And they've built a business that's working for them, even when they're not working and putting in time themselves. Because as you said, you've got opportunity to create some passive income streams, but then you can also bring in recruiters to work underneath you. So if they're working and doing deals, that's just adding to your total business and you don't have to be working yourself. But then there's going to be people that don't want to deal with that, right? They would rather yeah. just not have a boss, have the freedom and flexibility like you just talked about. And, you know, be able to work when they want to work and, you know, make the type of money that they want to be able to make. So I think flexibility is is the key uh, takeaway, yeah. you know, with all of that is that this is a very flexible, lifestyle friendly business model. On yeah. that note, I think this may be a good a good uh, transition into, you know, talking about the types of franchise owners that you guys are really looking for and that you know are successful because we've already established you don't necessarily need a background in hospitality, restaurants, food and beverage, et cetera. Um, it's not like a hard sell business where, you know, you're like putting a, a quote in front of someone and asking for the business, but it is very much a relationship business. So I would imagine, you know, some people are not a fit if they're overly, you know, introverted and don't yeah. like, you know, going out and talking to people and, and working the phones and stuff like that. So what's, what's kind of, I guess, the ideal personality or avatar of a franchise owner that, that, you know, does really well with this model. Yeah. So um, I'll give you a, a couple comments and then a couple of specific backgrounds, but I, you know, I think the first point I want to make is if you're comfortable building relationships and, and you like talking to people and you're just comfortable you know, being on the phone, being out and about, you're going to be just fine. You know, just to kind of give a, a real world example, we have a franchisee in Houston who was a UPS truck driver oh. and uh, he loved being on the truck. He got promoted to corporate, hated it yeah, and uh, missed being on the truck and, and he's doing awesome. Uh, so when it comes down to it, it's just about being able to build relationships, being comfortable. Again, you do not need a sales background. You know, we do have people that have 
sales and business development backgrounds that do really well and they hammer account development and they have a lot of their own accounts and that's great. But um, when it comes down to it, it's a people business. And if you're comfortable picking up the phone and building relationships, you're going to do just fine. To your point, we don't have a lot of accountants, CPAs, actuaries, or chemical engineers doing this, but yeah. <laughs> um, we do have sales business development backgrounds, uh, marketing backgrounds. We do have um, individuals with obviously HR backgrounds and not necessarily recruiting, but HR assessing talent, finding the right mm, fit, putting people yeah. in the right places, you know, solving puzzles from an HR standpoint, um, nonprofit backgrounds, people that have done fundraising, um, education backgrounds that have, you know, spent their career, you know, building and mentoring and helping people. Some of our franchisees have great education backgrounds. Um, I, I will say we have really good veteran validation. You know, I think veterans are great franchisees overall because they know how to just come in here and execute. But, um, you know, veterans can give back to transitioning veterans and, you know, give them opportunities to be recruiters or help them find jobs. But when it ultimately comes down to it, if you're comfortable picking up the phone and building relationships, you're going to do great. Now, not everybody likes making recruiting calls. Uh, we have people that have become franchisees that knew going into it. It's maybe not the most comfortable thing that they like doing, but it's about mindset. I'm, I'm offering you a really cool opportunity. And if it's an awesome fit for you, that's great. If not, we'll part as friends. And then over time, you can get out of that. We have a lot of franchisees that hire lead getters um, that just set up appointments for candidates that want to talk to you. We have franchisees yeah. that have recruiters and they're spending more time out and about or focusing on key clients. But when it comes down to it, if, if you like building relationships and you want to help people, it's okay if you don't have a sales background. I have a lot of people say that on the first call. If you go into it with the right mindset, and you do the activity, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm glad you kind of brought that up because I would I would imagine that a lot of people at first glance could be like, yeah, this is probably a lot of cold calling. And and even though I like talking to people, I don't really want to like pound the phones all day and, and do a bunch of cold calling. And I'm sure there is some of that that's necessary in the beginning. But to your point, it doesn't mean that's what it's got to be forever. And, you know, again, you develop the right relationships with the right types of companies that should result in, in less and less cold calling over time. Because if you're doing a good job for these companies, they're going to keep coming back to you as they need opportunities. You may need to do some cold calling on the, the candidate side, but like there's so many companies and services out there where you can, you know, outsource appointment setting and, and these types yeah. of things. I, I I'm curious are, I, I'm sure the answer is yes, but are your franchise owners able to kind of automate some of the prospecting as well, especially on the candidate side, like email list, you know, newsletters with positions that are opening. So like as they acquire contacts, they can kind of build out this list and, and stay in front of the people on that list on a regular basis. I, I'd assume that's a component of it. Yep, absolutely. And, and we're constantly looking at, you know, new technologies and tools to, you know, help our franchisees, you know, just have an easier time at that. You know, we even use some cool tools that will, uh, you know, have the conversation, take all the notes for the conversation for you, and then just pop it into the database. So there's, you know, cool tools like that as well. Yeah. Tell me, tell me offline what, what you guys are using for that. I was, um, I was joking with my wife last night, my oldest daughter kept trying to get on my computer while I was trying to, and I said, you know what? 
this this could be good. I'll just teach you to type and I'll just dictate yeah. <laughs> all of my emails to you and and it might actually save some time. But um, so no, that's that's cool that you guys are really leveraging, you know, technology to to take some of this off the the franchise owner's plate or just streamline it, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, I would say that, you know, if 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 your concern with this is I don't want to do cold calling, you know, the takeaway is that yeah, there probably will be some of that. And and I would also argue that in most businesses, there's going to be some form sure. or fashion of proactive outreach and having conversations to create awareness, right? So I think that's a component with a lot of businesses that you could look at, but that alone should not be, you know, a reason to not, you know, take a closer look at something like Patrice and Associates. So, um, you know, you mentioned this earlier day in the life. So, so kind of walk us through like what does a day in the life of, of a, a franchise owner look like? And let's kind of answer it in two ways. Let's say, what is the day in the life of a, a franchise owner that's in their first year of business look like? Yeah. And then what is the day in the life of a franchise owner that's, you know, maybe four or five plus years in good foundation, good relationships, maybe even has a recruiter working underneath them or something like that. So yeah. Let's tackle it that way. So um, in, in the beginning, your fastest path to cash flow is going to be recruiting. Um, so the, the best way to generate revenue is to get as many candidates as in, into the interview process as possible, because um, that's going to give you more opportunities to, to make a hire. Now, um, there's lots of people that want to be out and about, and you set your schedule. So if you want to do some calls in the morning, go out for a couple hours, network, go out to eat, come back you set your own schedule. But in the beginning, your fastest path to cash flow is going to be recruiting. So you're going to look at the company data sheet in the system. That's going to tell you everything that you need to know about that location, the job opportunity, the roles, responsibilities, the salary, the benefits, who they're looking for, who they're not looking for, what places they like to see people with experience from, what places they maybe don't want to see people with experience from. And you're going to have a really good idea of who to target. So then you're going to go out there and begin your search. And there's essentially three levers that we pull to find candidates. The first okay. is the database, um, the 600,000 candidates. There's lots of different search filters. You can search by geography or types of restaurants, actual restaurants that they've worked at or whatever the, the industry is. And there are going to be some candidates in the database that you can contact, introduce yourself, tell them a little bit about the opportunity and see if they or someone they know might be keeping their career options open you always start with the database. There's going to be some good candidates in there that probably have some familiarity with us. So that might be more, more of a warm conversation. The, the second lever is technology, a couple different types of technology. We do build you a Patrice and Associates website. Cool. Um, you can your post most of your job postings will be for local jobs. You'll have client testimonials on that site. Uh, we do a lot of search and optimization paperclip campaigns on the Patrice and Associates website. It's zip code targeted. So if somebody is looking for a job in your area, they'd be directed down to your microsite so they can get to know you a little bit, see what jobs you have available. Nice. We're getting nice. tons of clients right now, just handing over clients to franchisees that need help with hiring from our website. Um, again, I mentioned you have the opportunity to work with a job board. Most of our franchisees do work with a job board the first 12 months, either LinkedIn, ZipRecruiter, Indeed, CareerBuilder. Um, those are great because you do have access to their resume databases. You do have the opportunity to post ads on their sites. Some of them give you the ability to invite people to apply for jobs. 
Um, but these are all good technology prospecting tools to maybe find some folks that are actively looking. And then the third thing that you'll do, which is the most proactive thing, is just a good old fashioned recruiting call. And, you know, one of the unique things about restaurants is we know when they're not that busy, right? It's usually mid morning, mid afternoon, kind of before the lunch rush, in between the lunch and the dinner rush. Not really any point in calling at the dinner hours, no point in calling on the weekends. Um, but we have a lot of company data in the CRM for companies that don't work with us. Mm. So if you're looking for a general manager with full service restaurant experience, you can pull up a few full service restaurants in that particular area that don't work with us and we'll call, we'll ask for the GM and we have a very high contact rate because of the hours we're calling in. And just mm. once that person comes to the phone, Hey, this is Jason. I own the local Patrice and associates firm here. Just wanted to introduce myself, let you know, I have this really cool opportunity that I'm working on. Do you know anybody that could be a good fit? And we get a lot of candidates that way. So part of it is prospecting. Yeah. And then once the candidates work with you, you're going to put on your coaching hat. You're going to look at their resume. We don't do a lot of resume writing. A lot of people ask me that. We just get their resume into our, their, our template, ask them a couple questions, make sure it looks good. And then we're just coaching. We're spending a lot of time with candidates that have already agreed to work with us. We're prepping them for the interviews. We're talking to them about the offer that they got. We're spending time with the clients that we've brought on and coaching them and telling them about the candidate. Here's what they like. Here's what they don't like. So in the beginning, there's a lot of proactive outreach to find candidates. Uh, and that's what you're going to be doing probably for the first three months. But pretty much right away, we're going to start working on client development. And we can talk about the established franchisee in a minute. But as a new franchisee, that's kind of what you're doing. You're, you're building relationships, a lot of parallels to real estate. There's a little bit of mm -hmm. hustle in the beginning, knock on some doors, sell your first home, and then it becomes more of like a word of mouth, a referral business. But you can be as out and about as you want. And there could be a day when you're running a recruiting desk, but you get to break it up. It's your business. Um, but that's what you're going to do in the beginning. And then over time, it's up to you. As I said, you could have a team of recruiters. Everybody goes out there and signs their own clients. And the idea is if you want to scale, you're kind of building a virtual agency. So you have, you're doing some recruiting probably with your own clients. Maybe you're focusing on executive search. Mm -hmm. You've got your recruiters working on a couple key jobs. So you're generating revenue from your team. And then you're managing your client base because other franchisees are sending candidates to your clients. Your recruiters are sending candidates to your clients. So you're, you're recruiting, you're managing your recruiters, and then you're managing your account base and the flow of candidates coming into those accounts, which is kind of what scale looks like. And we have franchisees that do have, you know, several recruiters. Some of them have upwards of, I think we have one franchisee that has seven or eight recruiters. We have plenty of franchisees that have 10, 20, some have 50 of their own accounts. Wow. So scale is managing an agency, managing recruiters, managing your own accounts. But in the beginning, it's going to be more about recruiting. Makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, any business, you got to build it, you know, one block at a time. Right. And, you know, my big takeaway from that explanation, which was great, is that, you know, number one, there is a pathway to scalability if, if that's what you want, but you don't right. have to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also, this is just the type of business where, you know, every day is probably going to be a little bit different, right? You're not going to necessarily have a bunch of monotony where it's just like, hey, every day is exactly the same. I can't yeah. stand it anymore. 
you know, there's, yeah. there's plenty of ways that you can mix it up, you know, in terms of how you're spending your time. And I love the way you broke it down, you know, is kind of looking at levers. Cause I, I use that, uh, you know, as a way to just to, to, you know, coach people that I work with, right. It's like every business is going to have these levers that the owner has the ability to pull on to drive better results. You need to understand what those levers are. And that's where as a business owner, you should be spending the majority of your time and energy is on those levers. A lot of business owners, you know, want to spend ungodly amounts of time and energy on things that they have zero control over zero yeah. control. Right. Well, that, yeah. that does nothing for you. Right. Uh, yeah. So figure out what you have the ability to control and impact. And that's where you focus. Um, I would imagine that the coaching piece is another lever, right? Cause I could see with something like Petrician associates, some of your franchisees do a lot better coaching their clients than others or spend a lot more time on it than others. And they probably see better results. I don't know if you guys measure like conversion rates or like, Hey, we yeah. put X number of people into interviews and, and X number, you know, ended up getting a job or a placement. Um, so I would imagine the the franchise owners that spend more time coaching have better conversion rates or, or however you refer to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, when it comes down to it, it's about, you know, with any franchise system, executing the system, right? And to your point, there's people that spend, you know, some, some franchisees spend way too much time on creating a perfect resume. And all these people have resumes and they're all pretty good. So you should be spending... 10 to 15 minutes on a resume, asking them a couple questions, then let's move on to talking about what the interview process looks like, who you're talking to. Let's get into what they're going to be looking for from you and, and what you're going to be talking about. So, um, you know, in this model, you, you just have to, you just have to do the activity and, and focus on the things that are going to help you to be successful and that are going to help you to be generating revenue. And part of it is using those levers to find the people. And then once the people are in there, you know, stay true to our core values and let's respect their time. Let's give them a lot of opportunity to ask us questions about the client and let's make sure that, you know, we're giving them their due time because it's a big decision outside of buying a house, getting married, having a kid, figuring out your next career is a, a pretty big thing. And uh, we want to make sure we're spending a lot of time with that and, uh, you know, helping them come across the finish line. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So what about, the owner that has scaled a little bit, like how does their day maybe look different from what you just described for the newer owner? Yeah. I mean, even, even our franchisees that have scaled, they're still recruiting. So um, we don't really have any franchisees that are almost fully absentee and not doing anything. They're still doing some recruiting, sure, uh, but they're focusing heavily on executive search. I will say that um, they're, they're doing executive search. They're focusing on, one or two key positions and then the rest of their time is kind of coaching and helping their recruiters to be successful you know you're having huddles in the morning to make sure okay these are the two jobs that we're focusing on how many candidates that we have in the pipeline for those jobs do we need to get more candidates in the pipeline um, making sure your recruiters are doing reference checks because those are great ways to develop clients and then you're managing your clients you know there's there's all different types of clients. You're going to have small clients that are maybe easy to work with. You're going to have bigger clients that might be a little bit more difficult to work with. And you're going to be funneling candidates in from, from you personally. You're going to be funneling candidates in from your recruiters. You're going to be funneling candidates in from other franchisees. Kind of as the gatekeeper, you're making sure that this is an A candidate. 
you're giving that recruiter your blessing. You're giving that other franchisee your blessing to go ahead and send that candidate in. This is a good fit. And um, you're, you're juggling really those three different buckets, doing some recruiting on your own, managing your recruiting team, you know, maybe be a morning huddle, afternoon huddle. Again, it's very easy to track what they're doing through the database. So you can go in and if your recruiter said they made 15 calls yesterday, you can go in and see if they log those 15 calls and kind of see everything that they're doing. Uh, and then with your account, same thing. It's really easy to manage and track everything. It's really easy to develop and, and maintain and, and, and develop good relationships with the other franchisees. But you're really building a business. You're just doing it kind of in a virtual setting. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. It's such a cool model. Um, one thing you mentioned, so that makes a lot of sense that like the franchise owner, even once they have a team, they kind of need to be the gatekeeper because they they got to maintain the reputation, right? And, yeah. and these relationships, right? So if you've got a newer recruiter that's, you know, maybe got a, a looser gate than than the franchise owner has, and they're yeah. letting some some B or C players through, like you got to kind of make sure that they don't actually get in front of the companies and and start to you know unwind some of the the hard work that they've done. The other thing you mentioned that I hadn't thought of, but was thought was very interesting was reference checks can be a good way to get new clients. So you're reaching out to references that a candidate's provided. So another company, yeah. right? Probably in a similar industry to, to what you're helping with. And that could be a really good way to prospect and get new companies to work with. Yep. Yeah. So really. it's, 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 it's super easy, right? It's a warm conversation. So you know, they are going to remember this person that used to work there. They're probably in a hiring position. And just by doing the reference check, you're proving to them that you're a thorough firm. You check references. And it's just one of those classic open-ended questions. Is there anything that we can do to, to help you source talent? And um, that's one of the ways where you can get an account anywhere in the country because maybe you're placing Sally in Phoenix, but she just moved from Southern California. And um it's just simple stuff like that. Every time you go out to eat, you know, tell the waiter or the waitress that they did a great job and you'd love to tell the owner or the GM what a great experience you had. I love it. I love yeah. it. And then there's other stuff, chamber of commerce and events that you can do. You get expo stuff and, you know, table setups and stuff like that. But this is all organic kind of relationship building things. It's people there's not business. A lot of, yeah. Not a lot people of sales. business. I love it. So, um, Talk briefly about, you know, ongoing support. I mean, one of the things I always tell candidates I'm working with that they should really get an understanding of with the franchise is, you know, obviously, what does the upfront support look like, right? Because that's what a lot of franchise brands put a lot of emphasis on. That's what a lot of people are kind of most scared of when it comes to starting a business is, you know, the learning curve, the ramp up. Um, but franchisors need to provide good long-term support as well because those royalties are always going to be there. They don't go away. So I think, I mean, I can already pick out on, you know, three or four key things that a Patrice owner is going to get long-term well after they've been trained and know the business. But, you know, what is, what does that kind of look like from your perspective in terms of ongoing support? Yeah. So one of my favorite parts of the business is, is kind of the, all hands on deck support that we give right when they leave training. So right now our training is virtual, so you don't have to go anywhere. You know, over the past couple of years, we've gotten really good at virtual training, but you know, the initial training is a week and a half where you're really getting into the database, how it works, how we use it, how we find candidates, how we develop clients, kind of going through all the fundamentals, 
uh, towards the end of the first week going into the second week is when they actually start recruiting, as we talked about. Uh, but then they, they're done. They're done with class. They're officially a franchisee. Time to make it happen. Um, we have a really robust post-training support process, which is really two things. So the following week, uh, once the class ends, they're going to start post-training, which is a six-week, twice-a-week group conference call. So every Tuesday and Thursday from 2 to 3 in the afternoon, uh, with all the franchisees that made the investment at the same time that this candidate did, we're going to get on a call and we're going to talk about recruiting candidates. We're going to talk about using job boards. We're going to talk about executive search. We're going to talk about client development. We're going to talk about resume building. We're going to bring on successful franchisees that really know best practices. And we're going to celebrate wins. And we're going to talk about best practices. And we're going to go over strategy now that you're out there applying it to a business in a group format. So you continue to build those relationships with the new franchisees that started with you. You also get a mentor. So every single day for the first three months of your business, uh, you'll have a one-on-one -on -one call at some specific time with your mentor just to help you out with anything that you need help with, candidate question, client question. So we have the group coaching, you have the one-on-one -on -one mentor, more of a granular level. And then after you finish that six-week, 90-day kind of post-training, you'll continue to have a weekly mentor call for the next three months. Um, we do all franchisee calls once a month with uh, Patrice and Brian, our COO, where we do the same thing, celebrate wins, talk about a certain topic. But I think the biggest thing is the franchisees really do help each other out. When people go through validation, they say the franchisees are just really generous with their time. The franchisees do help each other out. They work each other's jobs. I just got an email today from a franchisee that held a validation call and she was like, this person was awesome. I hope they sign, you know, they want to work with them because this franchisee has a lot of open jobs and there is a lot of collaboration there. Yeah, and there's, I, there's teams too. So I think so that's one of the coolest things about a, a model like Patrice's where it really does incentivize that collaboration amongst franchise owners. And, you know, again, a, a good thing to see in any franchise is that there's a good culture where the franchisees are willing to help each other out and share best practices and all of that. And I think there's a lot of things franchisors can do to, you know, kind of intentionally curate that type of a culture. Sounds like, you know, Patrice has done a really good job, you know, with that, everything you just listed out is, is hugely valuable, especially to a new franchise owner. Uh, but the fact that there's actually, ways in which your franchise owners can collaborate, do business together, share the revenue, you know, that's really additional revenue to to each franchise owner's business that they likely wouldn't have had otherwise. That's not as common, um, you know, where, where that, that potential is there. So that's really interesting. And then, you know, to me, in terms of ongoing support, it's the national relationships, the technology, because these are things that that at the the national level, Patrice and Associates is always working to to develop and add to. So, you know, that's a way that all of your franchisees are going to continue to get value long term, even after they kind of know everything they need to know in terms to run the business. Like you can always learn new things, right? But in a business like you know, after your couple years in, like you should kind of have most of it down in terms right. of like, you don't yeah. need the same level of support that you do in the very beginning. And there's franchises out there where, I mean, I know franchise owners that, that, you know, they own a brand, they've been in it for five, six, seven years, and they are freaking bitter about 
paying the royalties at that point because they're like, yeah, yeah. I got, I got value in the beginning. Like it was helping right. the training and all of that. Like, sure. And I didn't have an issue paying the royalties then, but now I feel like I get nothing in exchange for that. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's something to look out for, right. Is, is, you know, am I going to still feel like I'm getting value when I'm a 10 year veteran top performing franchisee? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, the back, even the back office, it's not a huge cost, but it's a big time savings. We handle all the invoicing, all the billing and collection. You know, we have people ask, do I ever have to get clients? And you, you don't have to, we're, we we're averaging three new client inquiries per day on our website right now. So about a hundred clients a month coming to our site, there's always going to be new clients. There's going to be more um, candidates. We're going to handle the back office. We're going to maintain your website for the life of the agreement. So, uh, but the most important thing is, is culture. I love our culture. A lot of franchisee teams, we have not just a franchisee advisory council, but there's marketing teams and operations teams and, you know, all sorts of different committees that you can be a part of and, you know, just good peer to peer involvement. Yeah. I love it. It's so important. You know, that's something that I, I think, you know, people are not thinking as much about when they first start researching franchises is the culture. And if they go through the research process the right way, they're going to really learn about the culture, whether they're trying to or not. But it it is so important, you know, uh, and, and if the culture's really strong, it can add so much value to a franchisee's business. If the culture's not strong, it, it certainly, you know, shouldn't keep a franchise owner from being able to have a successful business themselves, but it's not going to add any value, you know? Right. Um, right. So that's important. I mean, what, what have we not hit on that, that you want to make sure the audience has a chance to hear about? You know, I think, I think we got everything, you know, we talked about home base. We talked about low investment, low overhead. We talked about the built-in clients. We talked about the virtual, the flexibility. We talked about the scalability. So, um, you know, I, I think we did a good job covering everything. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, my, my takeaway is, and, and like, I know this business pretty well, but like, I learned a lot just talking with you about it today. And, and, you know, it always just comes back to, this is such a cool, unique business. It, as I've already said, very different from what most people are thinking when they're thinking franchises, but there's so many people out there that this could be a really attractive business opportunity for, you know, even if they don't come from recruiting or, or hospitality or any of that, like, I think you did a really good job of explaining, you know, why this could be a fit for so many people. Um, and so I, I don't know, I can't speak highly enough and, and I have, you know, placed someone with Patrice and associates. So through that, I've really gotten to kind of see the support that she got. And, and I know how much she appreciates, you know, being a part of the, the Patrice and associates family. And so, you know, that gives me a lot of confidence that as I work with people and and I think this could be a fit, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have to think twice about, you know, sending them over and, and letting them start learning more about it. So, um, no, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this. It's, it's such a cool business and, um, always enjoy talking about it. So no doubt the audience, uh, and anyone who listens in is going to get a ton of value and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to send some people your way as a result of this. Yeah, I appreciate it, Wes. I had fun. And and for everybody that's going to be listening in, thanks for uh, taking the time to learn about us. And hopefully we'll get a chance to, to talk together more. Yeah, we'll put links to websites and all that good stuff in the show notes to make it easy for people to find you. And uh, yeah, man, really appreciate you joining. Have an awesome Labor Day weekend. And uh, hopefully I'll be in better shape next time we share a flight <laughs> together. 
Yeah, hopefully we'll see each other in Dallas. So, all right, looking thanks, forward Wes. to it. You got it. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.